Hey everybody, welcome back to Negro Please Radio. I'm your host, Chris Allen, and as usual, off the top, I want to take the time out to thank each and every last one of you for tuning in, downloading, streaming. However you take up my podcast, I appreciate it. Here we are. It's a new year, a new look. It's different. Uh, this isn't the permanent look, but this this is what I'm doing right now. I tried to upgrade a little bit. Uh, yeah. Had to get rid of the green screen. Use this uh, other camera. So uh, I hope everybody had a great new year. Um, I'm excited. Uh, I told myself I'm going to take it slow this year. Slow and steady wins the race. I have some goals I want to accomplish. But this year is a year of action and a less less talking. That's it. So I hope everybody had a good one. But I, I'm going to talk about my holiday. But, uh, yeah, I just... Um, I tried to record this before the video came out weird and I'm redoing it. And, um, I tried to do it without addressing that. Like this was different. So, uh, yeah, I, I feel, I feel better redoing this. Uh, I got the lighting a little bit better and I'm just not acting like nothing's changed. So, <laughs> all right. So let's just jump in. For those who don't know, we have a 10 year old son. His name is Miles, and I like to talk about the different things that are going on in his life. Sometimes it's big, sometimes it's small, sometimes it's nothing. And uh, this week, pretty big. So um, one, one, we I finally, well, we finally started him a YouTube channel. He's one on one for a while. Uh, we had to figure out how to do it. Right now, it's kind of messed up. I got it too locked down to where even I can't see what the fuck he got up there. So I got to find the right like parental settings so you don't got weirdos sending the messages and shit like that. I also don't want him to feel like he wasting his time and just posting shit to uh to um uh youtube and it not going anywhere so um so this um it was weird man all right it was it was a, it was a rough uh few days so let me let me get through it so um he got the youtube channel so he wants to start editing videos and stuff like that and miles really doesn't ask for much but sometimes when he does it's in bulk and it, it has to be like right now i need all this stuff and i know there are times with him how like he'll get into something and then forget about it but i always try to accommodate him whatever he piques his interest i always try to like just give him what he needs but i try not to dive too deep in it because i know how i can be if he's into something i'll try to go out and buy the most expensive thing that i can which i should not be doing so anyway so he was like, I want to make videos and all this kind of stuff. So I downloaded Filmora for him, a little editing software, it's free. And I just showed him very basic things to do as, as in importing video and just splicing the video. That's basically all I really know how to do anyway. Like this is going to be a challenge for me to do. So, and I had some shit to do that day. I think this was on a, a Sunday and I had to go do some running around. So I come back home a couple hours later and I open the door and I see him in the software. The timeline is open. He's got like all these little uh, things that he's added, like captions and and movements and stuff. And I'm like, did you learn how to do this stuff? He goes, oh, yeah, I just I just taught myself. I mean, just these the kids amazing, man. Two hours and he's doing things that it took me probably four or five years to learn because I'm so afraid that everything's going to be so hard. And yeah, I, I just, it's just, 
the way they just soak shit up, man. So then <laughs> he goes, "Well, I don't want the watermark," and I'm and I'm like, "It's, it's already been a lot going on with the holidays." And I kind of get a little angry, and I'm like, look, man, I don't want to buy anything else. You just got an iPad. We just had Christmas, this, that, and third. We got bills. I just can't be buying everything that you want when you want it. And uh, I felt so bad that I broke down, and I just ended up getting it because he started crying because he thought I was, like, mad at him. I guess I kind of yelled at him. And I told my wife, and she was like, giving him what he wants is not going to help. And I told him that, too. I go, I'm not doing you any favors, man, just buying you whatever you want when you want, because that's not how shit works. But I realized I could have handled that a lot better. It's just I had family stuff going on, just the pressure of the holidays, and I kind of like just snapped on him a little bit, and he, he, he kind of cried. And I felt really bad. So, like, I don't want to act – I don't want people to think I'm like this perfect dad uh, – I know how that social media can be, man, because he's photogenic. We take some cool pictures. But I'm not a perfect father, man. I'm not. I I fuck up. I do. I yell at him a little bit. And that's the thing, too. I always cave with this motherfucker, man. I always cave. I'm afraid that, like, if you don't give him that one thing, that's going to be the the moment where he's like, that changed my life, and that's why I did X, Y, and Z. And I know that's me catastrophizing because that's probably not likely. But, uh, yeah, it's just hard telling him no, man. I know he needs to have boundaries. But that it, that shit does hurt. It, it just it kills me, man. <laughs> it kills me, man. And I thought it was going to be a parent that spanked, too. I can't do it. I do not have it in me, man. I don't have the, I don't have the power to spank. <laughs> I can't do it. Uh, but, yeah, I'm just proud of him, man. He's adding the graphics and all that kind of stuff with the video and I just, I got me a little video editor here soon, man. So I'm, uh, and that's the thing too. He just really wants to learn, but I just, I don't want to just keep, I don't want to just throw money frivolously at everything he's into because I know a lot of it's going to fall to the wayside, but he's really into editing, but uh, I I did not handle that right as a dad. So I just wanted to be very, very transparent um, that uh, I'm not a a perfect dad, (laughs) but um New Year's was great, but before New Year, I had a show in D.C. My boy Benny, he put it on. Uh, and like I said, it was a rough week. So, like, Wednesday, Thursday were just not good days, man. I just, Thursday, I was not feeling it. I almost texted him and go, hey, man, I'm just having a bad mental health day. And I, I just I, do, I just don't feel like I can be funny. Uh, I had a haircut scheduled that day I go. And I'm telling my boy and Barbara Ray, I'm like, hey, man, I just, I ain't feeling it, man. I'm thinking about canceling this show. And what he did was he stopped the haircut. He looked at me. He goes, yo, man, stop being a bitch. He goes, you think I want to be in here every single day? He goes, there's days I don't want to be in here. He's like, yo, just suck that shit up and just do it, man. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Other than me just feeling like shit and just thinking about the two-hour drive up there and all that kind of stuff, it just, it just, I don't know. It just didn't add to my mental state. But uh, I saw that Benny had posted on social media that the show had sold out and we were actually moving the show from the basement to the main room. And I was like, oh, that's dope. So that was that was some good dopamine. And, you know, so I, 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 was, I agree with Ray. I was like, fuck it. You're right. And I'm glad I went, man. I had, I had a great time. Uh, I just love being around younger comics, man. Uh, they're, they're 
energy is infectious. They're so excited about everything. And, like, you can get jaded and bored and you, it becomes a job and you get more focused on, like, career shit than, like, having a good time with comedy still. Uh, where it can, it just can be not as fun. And just being around young people with the energy where it's still really fun and hearing new ideas and how they do on comedy. It's just uh, some, something that I really like and I really enjoy. And it was just a really nice mixed crowd, man. Like, I've I've done a lot of shows. I've opened for some really great comics. I've been, I'm very appreciative of that. But it's just like, I've noticed the crowds are pretty white. And again, I enjoy doing comedy for whoever, man. But it just feels great to be in front of a crowd that looks more like you. And uh, it's just something I got to be way more conscious of. I just had an idea of what I want to do in my career. And I started to not really care about that. But the more like I really want to talk about myself and not just write jokes. And when I talk, I want to write, I want to talk about me. I need to see people that look like me in the in the audience for me to really test these shits. You know what I'm saying? The stuff I want to talk about that I just don't really feel comfortable with a majority white crowd doing. One, they're not going to get it. And it's just like, y'all might not understand what I mean by this. Like, there's a new joke I got about Gatorade and racism. I did it in Denver. White crowd, very liberal, very open-minded about shit. It got more like, oh, that's good than the laugh I wanted. I did it on this show. It shit got a laugh and... It got an applause. So, like, that's what I need. I was just like, okay, this is the kind of shit I want to talk about. This is because this is what I feel good on stage talking about. Not that I felt bad. I just, it just didn't really feel like me. It's just funny jokes that I wrote. But it really wasn't like, uh, it wasn't satisfying all the time. And so that that's what I'm really working on. It's like, I want to work on material that is satisfying to me. And I think where I am right now, a lot of that and most of it talks about my perspective and how I feel about shit. And I need that to be in front of more people that look like me. So that's what I'm I'm working on right now. So, but again, I, I enjoy any and every crowd, man. It's just, uh, I feel like that's where I am right now um, with things. But it was, it was just so much fun. And then Tony Woods is a DC legend, great comic. He popped in. Uh, he goes up. He killed. But I couldn't stand watch this old set, man. I had to get back. But shout out to Benny, man. He's a Nigerian, Ethiopian kid, man. Just seeing his perspective on things and his uh, his insight on comedy. It's just it's just great to see, man. Just uh, him and his friends working hard and uh, putting together a great show, man. It was uh, I had a great time. A lot of fun. Um, all right. I guess I will um, talk about the new year. I hope everybody had a great new year, a fun new year, a safe new year. Um, I don't really go out on New Year's, especially now being older and with, uh, being a parent. We don't really go out. But even when I was a, a young single man, I didn't really go out. I do remember I, I went to this spot called Jax's on 3rd, which was the spot to go to in uh, Phoenix back in like the early 2000s. Uh, I went with my boy Dave and them. And it was, it was something we were, like, looking forward to. I get there, and I was like, man, I do not want to be here. And I called my then, my wife, then girlfriend, was like, hey, can you come get me? And she came and picked me up. So that was, a, that was a moment where I was like, she a real one. She stopped what she was doing on New Year's Eve and came and got me because she knew uh, I ain't really want to be there. But uh, I, I grew up going to church on New Year's. 
I don't know about y'all, but that's what we did. We grew up going to church. Uh, we would go. I don't even know what time we would go. It was probably like 9 or 10. And we would sing songs and kind of run around and stuff. And then uh, right before the clock struck midnight, we would just pray the new year in. And then it would strike midnight and everybody would shout and dance. And then they would make breakfast. They would make grits, bacon, eggs, uh, biscuits. I don't remember pancakes or waffles or anything like that, but I do remember that. And that was fun, just being at church at a different time. Like that was one of the one times I did not one time I did not mind going to church. I was as a kid I never really liked it. But the uh I don't even know what they called it. It's not sunrise service. I think that's on Easter. I think it's just like midnight service or something like that. We would go and pray the new year in, so that's what I was used to. Uh but this year, man, we just uh we just we do what we usually do, man. We we I made dinner. I made some uh I made a couple little steaks and shit. Um Yeah. That was New Year's Eve. And uh what else did we do that night? Um Damn, we we didn't do anything. That's the thing. I'm like, what did we do? And we did everything on New Year's Day. So Miles stayed up, we we direct we decorated a little a little bit and uh we watched the ball drop. We uh we put the, some hats on and had noisemakers. Ran around the house a little bit, but uh, yeah, we just we keep it really, really simple on New Year's Eve. But New Year's Day is becoming a thing. Like uh, some years back, my wife started just making some black eyed peas in the crock pot and stuff. But this year, man, it's it's evolved. This year, she did black eyed peas, greens, uh, cornbread, her world famous uh, buttermilk chicken tenderloins. So good. Put them in the deep fryer. They look like little, uh, I don't even know. What those, are they called snickerdoodles? What do you call those brown curly dogs? The little ones? They look like those. <laughs> they look like delicious little dogs. But, uh, yeah, she made she made that. Um, and all we did was just kick it and eat all day. <laughs> we just kicked it and ate. Kicked it and ate. That's all we did. Um, I watched a little bit of football, but not too much. Um, you know what, man? Oh, you know what else I did? I also, when I woke up on New Year's Day, I told myself I would make myself breakfast. Uh, I love French toast. I, I didn't really prep for this. It was the night before I was like, I'm doing this, I'm making this. So I didn't really prep for it. But I made myself a nice little short stack of uh, of uh, French toast and eggs and some turkey sausage. I typically don't eat breakfast. Uh, yeah. And it was great. I told myself, I was like, I'm going to stop treating myself like shit. If I really actually want something, I'm going to have it, you know? So I said, fuck it, and I made myself some French toast. Um, dinner was great, man. My wife, she really been, she was kicking ass, man, in that motherfucking kitchen. Oh, she also made a chocolate cake. I almost forgot. And, uh. As much as I, you know what, I, I love to cook, but I realize as, as, as much as I love soul food, it's not something that I really make. It's not something that I make. And I thought about it, and this is going to sound sexist, but it's not. When I grew up, all the women made the soul food in the house. Like, my uncles would, like, prep some time. My uncles would sit over, a, a, you know, a brown paper bag and cut up some greens and shit for them. But other than that, they did everything. 
They made it all. So for me, in my mind, it's just like, I'm not, whatever I make, it's not going to be better than my aunties and them. And my mom, it's just it's like, what's the point? What is the point? I don't know. And, and also, I it's also why I really don't like going to soul food places, man, because it, it's not my family's. It's just, as much as I love it, it's just like, if it's not from home, I don't really want it. Like, people get really worked up about soul food spots, but I'm like, if my mom wanna make it, man, I really it's cool. <laughs> it's all right. But yeah, it's just it's not my mothership, man. I it just it's just I don't know, man. I love it, but it's just I like my family's soul food, man. I do. That's that's what I prefer. Um Man, you know what? As a kid, this is a very specific memory. But I know for me as a kid, if I ever ran into my kitchen and I saw some greens soaking in the, on the right-hand sink, I was like, oh, what's about to go down? I just knew we was about to have everything, everything. If you see greens soaking in the sink, it's about to be a, either a good day or a good tomorrow. So it's just it was just something to look forward to, man. That's um, those are great memories too, man. Just around the holidays, out watching all my aunts sit around and uh, prepare food, talking and laughing and stuff, and my uncles and my dad bringing stuff in. The kids running around. Those are really really great times, man. Those those were fun. Just all the different smells, getting your hands slapped, getting yelled at. Then it was the fun age was, was like when you got to the age where like you were old enough to drive and go to the store. Because when you were little, if you came in that kitchen, it was like, get the fuck out this goddamn kitchen. Don't ask for shit. I just remember it being hot as hell. Like, how do they even stay in here? To me, like when you was cooking greens and shit, that was the hottest shit in the world was a bubbling, uh, simmering pot of greens. That was the hottest shit ever. It was a it was a pot of greens and then lava. That was the two hottest things in the world to me. But it got cooler when you got older because when you was a teenager, they would actually call you in there and go, hey, could you go to the store and get some cornbread mix? But other than that, like when you was a kid, get the fuck out the kitchen. But I just remember it being hot, a lot of steam, uh, just the smells, man. Just I love it, man. So good. But I hope everybody had a great new year. Uh, we had We had a lot of fun. Uh, just hanging out with the family, man. That's what I, we try to do. We try to bring in the the new year, how we want it to go uh, for the remainder of the year. You know, try to set a tone. And uh, I feel like we really did that, man. Like, like literally, we were playing a game. They were running around laughing. My wife and son were running around laughing. It just, I, I took a moment to just go, man, this is a this is a beautiful moment. I want my family. Um I'm a grown man now and shit. It's just wild, man. Just reflecting on that shit. Um, and just trying to get better. That's that's really a goal this year, man. It's just trying to get better in all facets of my life. Uh, real quick, uh, I know there's been plenty of other experts to talk about this shit other than me, but uh, I had turned on the, the, the Bills game a couple, my, oh, a couple nights ago and saw that uh, this kid, uh, DeMar, Hamlin was uh was hurt and I didn't know it was that bad at first I just heard like uh somebody had been taken off the field and shit and I was like okay but uh I mean hearing what had happened cardiac arrest on the field they actually had to do CPR cuz they were they really 
weren't saying when I first turned when I first turned it on. I go, people are acting really, really weird. They go, oh, injury like that, you know, injury like that. And I was thinking like, oh, this must be like some Joe Theismann, like a really bad knee injury to the point where like people are like, this was. They were just like I uh, had a loss for words and just almost disgusted by it and turned off by it. But uh, yeah, I watched a little bit more and, and found out it was way more serious than that. And the tone of everything made a lot of sense because I was like, I don't think I've ever seen anybody get this upset about somebody getting hurt because they kept saying injury. But uh, you know, he's uh, in the hospital now. I think he's still in. He's sedated. I don't know if he's still in critical condition, but. He's got a heartbeat back. and That shit is so scary, man, to be a 24-year-old world-class athlete and have your heart stop. It's just uh, it's, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. And they get the best of everything, EKGs, all that shit, monitor, and it still can happen. Like, that's why I don't, I don't jump on that bandwagon of saying, like, oh, these athletes are soft and they're changing the rules and the hits of this, that. They put their bodies through a lot. That dude's only 24 years old, man. They put their bodies through a lot. And I think people are really starting to to realize, look, as much money as the sports industry makes in the United States and globally, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. Probably the, the biggest entertainment industry industry there is. I don't, I, is it bigger than movies? I, I, probably in certain countries. But I would say in America, I think sports is, is, is king uh, over over everything um people are realizing as as yes there's a lot of money to be made there's a lot of pressure on these dudes man a lot you're talking about generational uh life-changing wealth i mean with the with the money that these dudes sign for these days it's crazy um it's a lot of pressure it's a lot of money but people are also realizing man after seeing what's happened to like these athletes and generations before they're realizing my health and physical health and my mental health are worth way more. And that's what people don't realize. These motherfuckers were beating their brains in for not a lot of money. Just to have, you know, just so they could get fucking pats on the shoulder and be the toughest guy or to win the Super Bowl, whatever it may be. Not a lot of money. It's really getting to the point like, man, uh, (laughs) people are really starting to value that shit way more. Look, I've said it. I'm not going to get into it. I'll maybe later. But look, championships are not that important. I love sports. I love winners. I love watching motherfuckers have dynasties. I love that shit. But in the long run, that doesn't matter. I know you hear all these like uh, all stars sitting around, you know, the uh, uh, Jordan, Barkley, uh, all these dudes. Well, I can't think of anybody. <laughs> all the dudes I want to think of don't have rings. <laughs> Just all the greats. Fuck it. LeBron, all these dudes, they sit around and they talk about rings. Dwayne Wade, they talk about rings. But to me, I don't give i would not give a fuck but i'm not a world class athlete at the end of the day it's just like because look in 10 years in five years nobody's gonna give a fuck about who won an nba ring an nfl uh, a super bowl none of that shit a stanley cup 
Nobody cares in the long run. It's about making as much money as possible. Be a good teammate and make as much money as possible. Who gives a fuck about championships and rings? I just make money, man. I mean, whenever you see those games and they bring up, this is the 1963 Packers. Man, those guys are like, yeah, we won. They're like, these guys make so much fucking money. I'm willing to bet those dudes would trade all them old crusty ass rings in for $50 million. So I'm saying winning is cool. It's fun to talk shit. I love a winner, but overall championships and rings completely overrated. And with that being said, there's a show. That's a show. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Oh, I'm in DC this weekend. Room 808. Come check me out. I'm out. Peace.